0: Real Golf Radio It's a reround Now on the tee Brian Taylor and Bob Casper Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones It's a reround On Real Golf Radio
1: Welcome into the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountain Land Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com, and we've been telling you about Mountain Land Supply and the fact that uh, they are the official rainbird supplier, that this is where the uh, golf course pros shop, and if you want your lawn to look like the golf course, your favorite course, you need to go check it out and shop where the pros shop. Well, guess what? We're approaching March, tomorrow and the weather is warming up. It's going to, of course, be cold here and there, but the weather's warming up. You're going to want to start getting your lawn in order. They've got everything you need at Mountainland Supply. Go to mountainlandsupply.com and find the location nearest you and support the guys that support the golf courses that support us here on the show. Uh, they will take care of you there at Mountainland Supply. Bob, uh, welcome into the hour number three here as uh, we come at you every Saturday morning, 6 to 9, right here on 1280 The Zone. You know, we've been talking over the first couple of hours about the west coast swing wrapping up uh, in the yep. middle of the florida beginning of the florida swing here and so when we do that we want to also uh, kind of see where things stand and one of those standings that we had to look at of course is for our local guys let's start out with tony fino uh, who's taking a couple of weeks off and then he'll be back playing i think he's at bay hill next week so we'll look forward to seeing him there and then players championship but uh, how's tony done so far
2: on the season through the west coast well, Tony has played eight events so far for the season, and he's had one second-place finish that, of came, of course, came at uh, Phoenix, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, where he lost in a playoff after shooting rounds of 69, 66, 62, and 70. Um, he has three top-10 finishes, four top-25 finishes. He's made the cut. In seven of eight events, so he's only missed one, and he's made almost well, he's made about four point four five million dollars, uh, five hundred and thirty eight FedEx Cup points, and currently stands at 28 in the FedEx Cup standings.
1: The question, Bob, is when will Tony Finau win again?
2: Well, I you know I think I think it's just a matter of time. As far as Tony Finau is concerned, he was really close to having an opportunity to win there in Phoenix. Um, the year before he was close to have an opportunity to win in, uh, the HSBC champions or, or yeah, it, w- against, uh, Xander Shoffley lost in the playoff. So he just keeps putting himself in position. Tony will break through and then he'll win multiple times. Uh, I think his, his big thing now is to get ready for Augusta. You know, he's had, uh, two great finishes Augusta his, in his first two starts and uh, I Top think 10, Tony, top 5 Yeah, top 10, top 5 and uh, playing in the final group with Tiger Woods and Francesco Molinari last year and I think that is one that he really wants to get and that golf course suits him well
0: <laughs>
1: I just can't
2: to Tony Finau. I
1: don't know how Phoenix got away. We we also wonder uh, how that got away, unfortunately. Yep. But look, Tony took that in stride. He loved it, and got to got to throw that out there. Uh, yep. I you know I like I like mixing a little music there. So oh yeah, uh, which been is, doing it all all show. I I have. That was Sam Harrop, by the way. I Got to give him credit for that little ditty for. Um, Tony Fino. Okay, Zach Blair. Where does Zach stand after West Coast? So Zach's played
2: 13 events already this year. It's pretty amazing. I can't believe he's played 13 times. He's had one top 10, four top 25s. He's made eight out of 13 cuts. And for his money for the year, which this kind of blew me away because I haven't been seeing him play that well, but he's played great. Um, he's, he's made $650,000 already this year. Wow. He has 283 FedEx cup points and he is standing at 67th. So, um, Zach Players is uh, playing some great golf and putting himself into some good positions.
1: Yeah, there's no question about it. Wow, good for Zach. I, I would have yep. I would not have guessed that either. You just haven't heard a whole lot about Zach's play this year, and yet, you know, you look him up and there you go. Pretty surprising stuff. All right, one of the storylines of the week. Uh Brooks Kepka being asked about the professional golf league and it's not about- He basically said, uh, you know, I'm all about playing against the best players in the world. I have more money than I could ever spend if I retired right now. So he's essentially saying I'm out too," like Rory McIlroy did
2: to the Premier Golf League. He he said he wants to play where the best players in the world are playing. He wants to to compete against the best players in the world. So that's on the PGA Tour and the European Tour and the tours consisting right now. Now, if something happened were to happen where everybody jumped ship, I'm, I'm sure Brooks Kepka would go there as well. So um, but right now he's playing the PGA Tour. He's playing the European Tour events and he's playing the major championships. And everything that we know is the game of golf right now. The, that Premier Golf League, they, it's, it's still pie in the sky, so it's nothing.
1: To me, I think the guy's going to have his 15 minutes of fame. Uh, The guy's name's Andy Gardner. He's the organizer. He came out and did a little podcast with some uh, European or British um, radio guys last week. Frankly, I thought it was boring. There was no excitement to it. I still don't know what the hook is because it's It's for the top players. And so if they want to have, if they think that's how they're going to get them, I don't see it. Basically, Bob, this is how it breaks down. They are saying we are going to be the top tour. Right And the European and the PJ Tour, you can feed up to us. When your guys get good enough, then the p- people on our tour will draft them, bring them on up, and they can compete for big money on our tour. But in the meantime, we're going to take, it's like somebody coming into your business and say, we're going to take your best clients. We're going to build exactly what you built, but we're going to make us superior to you off of your success. Right. And, and that's essentially what it is. I, I I just can't see, and you'll hear from Troy Merritt coming up, that you need that. These guys are looking for a place to jump ship. They're not they're not unhappy enough. This was a different situation where they're saying, look, this this whole tour is screwed up. Somebody needs to fix this. And the PGA tour was unwilling to to accommodate the players needs or requests. Then I could see that there was a crack in the in, in the armor or the, the door was open and you could maybe step in. But there isn't that. In fact, no. it's just the complete opposite. The PGA Tour yes. has done everything to take care of these players to ensure that they don't jump ship. Remember, there was a, a movement for a while that people thought, hey, maybe I'm going to go play in Europe because the race to Dubai is going to be so lucrative. Well, guess what? FedEx Cup trumped that. Yes. Greg Norman said, let's do a world tour. We'll create WGCs. Everything they've done, the PGA Tour has, has held their um, ground and created their commodity to, to be such that people want to be part of the PGA tour. Now the Europeans continue to flock over here. Players from Asia and, uh, you know, other continents come over and they want to play on the PGA tour because that is the top. That's the top league. Yes. So who's this guy to come in and say, I'll make one better. I just don't see it. I think he's going to get his fifteen happen. minutes of fame, and this will be this thing will be over before it ever got started. That that's yep. my
2: take on it. But yeah, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. So anyway, uh, we talked about that a little bit as we led into our conversation with Scott Michaud from the uh, formerly of the Augusta Chronicle, longtime veteran golf journalist, still lives in Augusta, Georgia. Started talking a little bit about uh, the upcoming Masters and get his take on the distance debate as well as this premier golf league. Here's our uh, conversation, at least in part with Scott Michaud. It is good to have you on the show. We're six weeks away from the Augusta National Women's Amateur, seven weeks away from the Masters and the first major championship of the year—super exciting stuff. And you've been posting some countdown stuff on your social media. And I said, you know what? Let's let's get Scott on and let's talk some Masters because it's it is we're gearing up too. I ordered some new shirts, all in of course in yellow and green and white. I'm I'm, I'm gearing up. And then I thought, why did I buy new shirts when I'm going to buy a bunch of new shirts when I get there? But that's okay. You got to get ready, and then you got to buy the gear while you're there, huh?
3: Absolutely. And I, I think I see you every single year making that walk back from the merchandise to the media center with two bags in hand, at least.
1: At least is right. I've spent my fair share uh, supporting the, the locals there at Augusta National. So
3: <laughs> for sure. You know what
2: I like, Scott? What I like is that you can walk out of that big shopping area and you can go right to uh, FedEx or UPS or whatever, box
3: it up and send it home. They've always been pretty brilliant about doing that because you know, nobody wants to go in their shop at nine o'clock in the morning and then realize, Oh, wait a minute, I got to carry this stuff around me in this golf course for the rest of the day. Yeah. That is one of the great innovations innovations that they did uh, among the many that they've done there. But that thing was brilliant.
1: Scott Michaud joining us here on Real Golf Radio. All right, so what changes, if any, are you hearing? What are, you know, there were a couple that have, that have been circulating around. You shared on social media the, the Google Earth image behind 13T, and that makes everybody wonder if the 13th hole is going to be lengthened. We've heard about a tunnel going under Washington Road. Tell us what you know, if anything, about those two things.
3: Well, the tunnel under Washington Road is for pedestrians. Uh, it's a way to get in from the parking lots that are across the street or wherever else you might have parked to walk up there and you don't have to have the policemen stop traffic, uh, so that everybody can come over periodically. They'll go right underneath and right towards, uh, you know, everything is be funneled towards the entrance way. Uh, I, just another amazing, uh, you know, enhancement for the experience, uh, for the patrons when they show up. Uh, and that's probably one of the biggest things that you know, anybody will notice as far as the golf course from everything I understand and from the media guide that came out and you check all the yardages uh, when it comes out, they correspond to everything that was in the media guide last year. So I don't believe they've changed anything to 13th T. Uh, they haven't added any yardage yet. Uh, Fred Ridley said he was going to give the USGA and RNA a chance to, to get their distance report out and, and, come up with a solution uh, before he made any changes to the 13th hole. But I think he's itching to do it pretty soon. Uh, So this might be the last year. And that road that they put uh, around the property that they bought from Augusta country club clearly left a lot of room up to 70 to 80 yards uh, of room for additional space uh, to move that 13th tee back if they choose to do so. So, so they clearly are prepared for whatever the next step is, but they haven't taken it yet.
2: The drive, chip, and putt has been you know, going for quite a few years. Last year was the first um, Augusta Women's Amateur Championship. How was that
3: received overall? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, uh, w- were you all out there on Saturday?
1: We, we weren't. We were watching it on TV with everybody else. We'll be there
3: this okay. year, though. Well, we will be uh, there well, this year. Well, that's a great call because – to me it is almost as good as going to the masters because uh, you're getting to see, you know, quality golf and the, and you know, Jennifer cup show and Maria Fossey, uh put on a show last year. I mean, they were spoiled in their first year to get that kind of showdown uh, in the, in the last match of the day. But, uh, but the best part is you're experiencing Augusta national with about maybe a quarter, of the size of the the, mm. the crowds that would be there for the masters. It was really special to walk around out there. Uh, and, and I don't know, it just, it was refreshing. Uh, it was a new kind of crowd. It was, it was just different. Uh, it, it still felt big, but it didn't feel as big, uh, and quite as claustrophobic as sometimes it can be in certain areas on the course. Uh, so it was, it was, was terrific. I mean, I think it was really well embraced, uh, if they if they're lucky enough to get a show like that again this year, I mean it's a home run.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Scott Michaud joining us here, veteran golf journalist from Augusta, Georgia, long time with the Chronicle there, and uh, now covering golf for the Irish Examiner. Um, I want to go back to that distance discussion. That's been a big thing, and we haven't had a chance to talk to you about that. What was your reaction to the announcement of the distance finding? It, it kind of turned into the distance debate, right? And it's sort of, you know, you, you have a potential bifurcation discussion with the, quote, local rule. It seems to point to manufacturing and, and back to the ball, as Jack's been pointing to for, for all these years. But, but what's your thought on that? And certainly one of the, you know, those that will have a lot of influence are those at Augusta National, because again, this is obviously one of the premier golf courses where they host the premier, if you will, um, event in golf uh, each and every year. So this is something that I know the folks there at Augusta National are, are um, you know, they want to make sure that the golf course can stand the test of time. What, what do you see happening, if anything, out of this distance findings?
3: Well, none of the findings uh, surprised me, I, except for the fact that I was uh, maybe a little surprised that they were willing to uh, sort of admit that there is obviously some issues uh, with uh, the the elite players in the game hitting the ball uh, such extreme distances uh, compared to, to where they were before some of the technology changes. What I found refreshing was once again a guy like Rory McElroy being willing to st- stand up and say, you know what, if they want to change the rules for us, I'm all for it. So it sounds like maybe some of the guys at the top of the game might not be so opposed to the bifurcation. Uh, and, and I'm hoping that's may- maybe where it'll go one day because, you know, you don't want to t- take away uh, some of the ease of play uh, that it gives guys like us. Uh, with the new equipment. I mean, that that would be maybe a step in the wrong direction for golf as a game. But watching golf as a competitive game, I think it would be a lot more interesting if the pros were dialed back a little bit in some way. They certainly haven't given you any idea of what way they're going to do it, whether it's a golf ball, whether it's equipment. Uh, But it would be nice uh, to maybe see them – Uh, dial back so that these old classic golf courses can still uh, stand up to them.
2: Well, and I think that's what it is. It's it's the golf courses, and it's the best players in the world, the elite players in the world that hit the ball um, extremely far. Um, But from the other standpoint, um, you know, if they're dialing the ball back or they're dialing the equipment back, uh, the, the long guys are still going to be the long guys. It's just for the sake of the golf course and, and for the sake of the golf courses. Um, what I don't like is um, if they make all these rules um, across uh, across the board when basically the only people that are having a problem with it is the elite players in the world.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. It, it, and it would be nice to see them maybe play with golf balls that weren't so forgiving. Uh, I love the day, uh, you know, days when we could watch these guys that had to move balls uh, in different directions because, uh, you know, it required a different level of skill. And I think best players would be even better uh, if, if that kind of uh, era came back. I think the forgiveness tends to, even the landscape up a little bit more.
1: It's a good point. Hey, before we let you go, I've got to ask you about this uh, premier golf league, uh, you, your, your thoughts on what you're hearing and, and uh, do you think anything will come of this or is this just uh, uh, as we heard on that podcast last week, a fan that got a wild idea and wanted to try to cash in. And uh, I, it feels like this is something that's just going to get shot down, but what, what's your take?
3: Well, enough players are curious enough about it uh, that it clearly has a little more traction uh, than maybe we'd be comfortable with. But the fact that Rory McElroy was so, you know, so quickly stood up and said, I don't like it, I'm out, uh, unless the whole world changes and we all have to do it. Uh, you know, I thought that was a, a, a very good and encouraging thing for maybe uh, – you know, a little bit of sanity uh, prevailing and not blowing up the whole your world of golf as we know it. But I also think that this may be an opportunity for the PGA tour and the European tour to make some changes uh, to appease their players. That would be a positive, uh, you know, expand the idea of the world golf championships, maybe give them uh, some guaranteed money uh, to go to these things uh, a little more often during the course of the year, so you would get those better fields more often, uh, and maybe some different and unique places like Australia and and the Middle East and you know South America and things like that. Uh, I I think it's an opportunity for them to do like what they did when Greg Norman threatened them twenty right. uh, some years ago, and they created the WGCs to begin with. Uh, they need to take it to another level.
1: Well, there you go. We'll see what happens. Yep. But also real quickly before we go, do you have a six week, seven week, uh, early prediction on your, your fit master's favorite?
3: <laughs> well, I think I, I, I just have this idea that Brooks is going to, to step up, uh, and have a showdown with Rory, uh, that we've kind of, kind of are craving to see anyway, uh, and I, I think that I think the two of them might got it out. But what I'm really looking forward to is a lot of these young guys uh, that are coming in and maybe are going to get in because, you know, Colin Moore Cowell hasn't quite yet qualified, but he's 51 in the world. Scotty Sheffler It's 50 right now. Victor Hovland is close, but you've got Matthew Wolf. You've got Cameron champ already in it. I am really eager to see sort of this next generation of guys show up at Augusta uh, because I think the most exciting young class since that Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, you know, class of 2012 or 11, uh, whatever it was when they had such a a high end class and you saw what they've done. So I think, I think it's exciting to see some new blood.
1: All right, that was Scott Michaud who joined us in hour number one. It's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Interesting conversation. Certainly looking forward to the Masters. Agree with him in a lot of levels that uh, the distance debate is going to be a debate, but probably not going to change a whole lot same thing with the pgl that we talked about um probably a lot of talk and nothing really happened in there hey coming up next welcome the thoughts of america's favorite caddy he's hanging out at tpc getting ready for the players championship caddy joins us next followed by troy Merritt. stay tuned you're listening to real golf radio This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to hoopsvision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember.
5: The first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver
6: or how to stop a ball out of a bunker. But true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course about how well they use values like confidence, perseverance, and integrity in their daily lives. The First Tee helps young men and women become better golfers, but even more
4: important, better people. Get involved. Visit thefirsttee.org.
1: Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you.
7: Want to feel the need for speed on the golf course? Come into Uinta Golf and check out the new Cobra Speed Zone Drivers, Fairways, Irons, and Hybrids. The new King Speed Zone Driver and King Speed Zone Extreme Driver has been designed to go as fast and straight as possible. New Speed Zone King SC is Cobra's first-ever carbon fiber iron line that delivers maximum speed, power, and forgiveness. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new Cobra Speed Zone Series golf club. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee
0: it's a rerun on real golf radio with brian taylor and bob casper
1: all right welcome back to real golf radio brian and bob with you this segment brought to you by siegfried and jensen 801-222-2222 siegfried and jensen i saw mitch jensen the other day up at the university of utah yeah the high school playoffs uh he was watching his nephew um who's played for Lone Peak and uh awesome. had a terrific game in fact he was a crusher for for our uh, sky Ridge Falcons unfortunately but uh yeah it was uh, it was good to see Mitch and um guys young and handsome as ever got to get out and play a little golf with with Mitchy the kid but yeah Siegfried and Jensen great guys been supporting uh Utah golf for a long time and we sure appreciate their sponsorship here of Real golf radio as we mentioned uh, we had a chance to catch up with America's favorite caddy all right, welcome back, Real Golf Radio. Thanks to Scott and Michaud for joining us here, Brian and Bob with you. Hey, uh, just a reminder: this segment brought to you in part by the new Maverick driver from Callaway Golf. It's available in stores as well as the line of fairway woods, hybrids, and irons. All available at your favorite golf retailer or online at CallawayGolf.com. New distances out there. It takes a Maverick to find it. Check it out at CallawayGolf.com.
0: There are bag rats. (laughs) And then there are caddies. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the Caddy on Real Golf Radio. Caddy joins us right here on Real Golf Radio.
1: Caddy, how are you, man?
3: Caddy can't complain. I'm
8: actually down at beautiful... TPC
1: Sawgrass, the stadium, of course. Nice. Wow. I hey, uh, this, I, I got I to gotta play this for you. This was Brooks Kepka talking about whether he wanted to go to the Premier Golf League. It's not about the money, money, money. We don't need your money, money, money. Just... Okay, so that's our friend Jesse J. Can you imagine making the statement that if you gave me $200 million, it's not going to change my life?
8: It's not about the money, it's about the honey.
1: <laughs> It's about, well, he says it's about playing with the best players in the world.
8: Well, he's doing that, isn't he, it's right now? So I guess oh, it wouldn't yeah. change his life.
2: He said he might buy a jet with it. Yeah, could buy a plane.
8: Yeah, you can fly it on one anyway. I guess you can own it or lease it. Or My method was to have a friend who owns the, owns the plane. That was my strategy.
1: That's a good strategy. You
8: want a friend. Yeah, you want a boss or a friend who owns the plane. And,
1: and it's... So uh, tell us about TPC. What do you got at
4: Sawgrass?
8: Well, it's a little ways to go, plenty of time, but the rough low. of course, is pretty soft, and they shoot way under par if they played right now. But mm. we've got a week and a half to throw the rough a little bit. I don't know if it can dry out. It has some air, but it's, uh, it's, it's birdie city out here right now.
2: Green's soft, but, too?
8: Uh, yeah, not, they're not firm. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, you could you could take it down right now. But I'm looking forward to the March, March winds we get from that, that right-to-left hurt on 17 and 18. It was blowing like that today. It was cold this morning. It was blowing like that, and I'm like, here we go. This is what we're talking about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but you still should, could have shot some pretty good scores today.
2: What do they do to the golf course to get it to that position to where it's championship ready?
8: Probably close it three weeks early so it doesn't get a ton of play, first of all, so the grass can heal. One cool thing was they had a tarp over the 17th green yesterday and we were asking Lucas, one of the superintendents, what's going on with that? Is there something wrong? And no, they actually, they leave it off in the morning and then they put it on in the afternoon and it helps ball marks heal a lot faster. That's one I've never heard of. Mm, So that's, yeah, they're doing things like that. And of course, if the course is open to play, you can't cover it with a tarp for half the day. So. It's uh it's in its little uh, kind of thickening in and filling up stage and I assume they're gonna gonna grow the rough pretty good. I'd I'd be I'd be shocked. That that was always a characteristic of March was pretty good rough on this course. So I assume they're gonna do that, but who knows? I, I don't know the plans. I just I just observe and make the book and There you go. Watch watch the best players in the world do their thing.
1: Caddy joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Caddy, you've won on this golf course uh, as a caddy. You and your player won the the Players' Championship back in the day. Where do you rank uh, the stadium course in relation to other courses on the Florida Swing or throughout the the tour schedule?
8: I wasn't a big fan of the stadium at first, and now it's really grown on me. I really like it. Uh, It's a a Pete Dye type of course, so to me that means – not natural angles and mounds and things like that, but, you know, contrived and built things. But it's a, uh, it's, it's really cool. It, it, one nice thing about the course is it's not, it's not a, a bomber's course. It's a medium lens hitters course. Anybody can win on this course. They don't, you don't have to have the great length to win. Uh, so, so that's kind of cool for, for lots of the guys. Typically, especially, I think it was especially in March, but, it seemed to be the tournament that the best ball striker of the week won a lot of the time. And I think of a lot of the, a lot of the players, they love it when they hit it great and they can win, or they hit it great and they, they, they shoot a good score. So it, I always laughed about how, when a golfer says I played well, all that means is that I hit it good. That's what that means. It doesn't mean I scored great or I got it in the hole. It means I hit it good. And that's what really, uh, it's really it's really fun when you when you hit it great because it's kind of hard to shoot a bad score when you hit it good and you know, you know you can take it deep sooner or later when you hit it good so that's really what everybody's trying to do right absolutely hey uh,
1: coming off of the West Coast swing Bob and I have been talking about this a little bit uh, West Coast wrapping up Florida swing underway do you have a preference I mean I I, I always sort of I'm always a little sad when the West Coast swing is done I like those tournaments maybe it's because I'm so anxious. To watch some golf, it's, it's wintertime here in the mountains where we live, and, and you get to see the, the coast. Uh, of course, Hawaii has its its own sort of uh, appeal, of course, allure. Uh, but, but what's your take? Florida Swing, the courses that they play versus the West Coast Swing, do you have a particular favorite, or do you lean one way or another? Before
8: the Florida Swing, I mean, look at the courses. You've got PGA National, which is pretty pretty darn good course, and it's, it's got that crazy hard finish. Two part threes that'll just mentally. I, I guess you know what I just thought about the caddies have that closest to the pin shot on seventeen on Wednesday on on seventeen at Sawgrass and they think about that shot all day and well the pros are kind of they have to do the same thing at the PGA National at the Honda because fifteen and seventeen they're thinking about the, that those two tee shots all day because I can just take a round and just wreck it. So that rinse it the, the Florida yeah the Florida swing has some really solid courses. You got obviously the Players Championships, Bogart's is great course, PGA National, really really good golf course. And then uh, of course Innesbrook is a classic. Innesbrook's like it, you stole it out of North Carolina because it's, it's in Florida, but it's got hills all of a sudden. Now, what's going on yeah. here? And everybody loves it. I mean Bob, that's a favorite of the players always. Oh yeah, everybody loves it. And don't Ennisbrook.
2: forget Bay Hill.
8: Well, Bay Hill is, of course, home of Arnold Palmer, so that that alone, I mean, you, you could play, you could play at the Muni, put Arnie's name on, and everybody's going to show, everybody's going to play. You know, it's just <laughs> just the fact that the names there, you know, that that alone. But Bay Hill, you, you've got a lot of excitement there, and of course, uh, I guess we'd expect to see Tiger there. He's won there, what uh, I think he's won there seventeen times, twenty four <laughs> so times. I yeah, can't remember. Yeah, a
1: hundred something like that. Yeah.
8: Hundred times, hundred yeah. times. Yeah. Nobody
1: else has won. Just a <laughs> hundred of his eighty-two wins were at Bay Hill.
8: Oh, by the way, the rough—the rough at Bay Hill is brutal,
2: mm. right penal. Now. It's Bay penal East. rough. Woo. Yeah, better
8: hit the fairway.
2: No,
1: there you go.
8: I like that.
2: So, are you saying by
1: the laying out those courses that you prefer Florida swing? If you had to, if you had to choose.
8: I am such a West coast preference guy. I'm just saying Florida has the Florida swing has primo golf courses. And, but I love the West coast. I love the desert. I love Hawaii. How can you not like pebble? How can you not like Torrey Pines? And Riviera is like one of the gems of all time. I mean, come on Phoenix. Craziness of Phoenix. That's where I had my first caddy W.
1: Ah, w. Nice.
8: yeah. Already the last soul to be Curtis Strange, Gil Morgan, and Tom Watson by a shot. Wow. Five minutes before. Five minutes before Super Bowl kickoff on the same network. Frank Cherkinian comes up to us the next next day on the range at Pebble and goes, Thank you for saving my career. <laughs> 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 Otherwise it would have been a playoff. You, well, you gotta go away from Curtis, Tom Watson, Gil Morgan, Nolan Hankey in a playoff. To go to the you're not gonna you're gonna go to the super bowl i'm pretty sure right I mean, come on
1: that's classic he, we
8: have no no one made that button and, and saved him that's so. awesome yeah good cool stuff all these little things nobody knows about yeah
1: all right and, uh, uh another well, last thing before we let you go uh, what's your thoughts on uh, what you saw last week on tour patrick reed with a win at WGC Mexico and Victor Hovland picking up his first win in Puerto Rico. Those are, those are two different storylines for two different reasons, but uh, any, any thoughts uh, on, on either one of those two players?
8: Victor Hovland is going to put an end to the Puerto Rico jinx.
2: Mm. You know what that yeah, is, Bob? That, right? The Puerto Rico jinx? Yeah. Uh-uh, I don't yeah. know what
8: that is. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and Bob, share, Caddy. I mean, Brian, I, I know you got it, Brian. I know you got this one. Go ahead. So the Puerto Rico jinx, I, I guess I read that no player who has won Puerto Rico has ever won again except Ooh. for one time, and, the, and that win was Puerto Rico again. So huh.
1: Wasn't that stat in reference to Puerto Rico being their first win? Am I, am I getting that right?
8: I don't know, but I, I, I think it's, I think I thought maybe I misread it. But I you know what? Let's not let the truth stand in the way of good story <laughs> here. But there you go. I like one. that. Victor Hovland's going to shatter that. He'll, he'll, he'll get a W. Well, the poster you, child you, for that right
1: now is Tony Finau, right? Yeah, I, mean, I was just
8: going to say. I yeah. was just going to say Tony's going to be the, but I predict Tony will be the first one to break the Puerto Rico chase
1: He will, or will not? You picking Victor to win will. first? He or, oh, he
8: will. Okay, all right, there you go. I'm going with Tony. I'm going. I'm calling Tony next win between Tony and Victor. I'm, I'm going to go with Tony, but I mean Victor's. I think Victor's. Uh, Victor's got it going on. All right. He's got it going on.
1: Yeah. All right. Sweet. And
8: uh, okay. And then going to Chapultepec, Mexico, the Mexico Championship. Uh, yes. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick Reed is. Uh, he reminds me of VJ. He's, he's just bulletproof when it comes. Actually, I think he does better. I think he feeds off of adversity. And VJ yeah. did that. VJ did that for sure. Um, and he's, he really he's he really played
2: good down the stretch, didn't he?
8: Yeah, I didn't actually get to watch it on TV. I know he made a couple birdies coming in, yeah. and then I guess he he tried to hit a he tried to hit an apparently he hit an iron off of 18 up into the northern part of Mexico and found <laughs> it and made a bogey. No, but, it's, it's all he needed. That's a, yeah, well, he did what he had to. But yeah, yep. he's a it is it is isn't there aren't many guys who can uh, who actually probably get better and thrive on that kind of adversity that's visiting him and and visited BJ here and there and uh, yeah that's it's a rare bird who does that
1: 45 1 putts for the week caddy 40 uh, you
8: know I, I he did that for, he did it at kapalua too he had like he had like 73 1 putts and 72 holes or some crazy stat like that <laughs> wow how do you yeah, he, he was 80. under 100 for the week. I'll tell you what, I'm breaking 100. I'm breaking 80 with 45 one putts. <laughs> Even if it's in 36 holes, I'm still breaking 80. So, that's 45 one putts in 72 holes. Unbelievable. And my math tells me that's more than
1: 50%. Well, you know, <laughs> 90, 16, 116. So.
8: 90 and 16 is 116. Yep. <laughs> Should have caught that. Caddy, thanks for your
1: time, man. Always good to chat with you. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That was the Caddy. Brought to you in part by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golfer since 1971. Home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Check out Uinta Golf and Uintagolf.com. More Real Golf continues next. Troy Merritt, two-time winner on the PGA Tour, is next.
2: controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you.
1: nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always
4: remember.
7: Reshape your golf game at You Golf with the new TaylorMade Sim family. The new Sim Shape and Motion series is here, featuring the Sim, Sim Max, and Sim Max D-type drivers, fairways, and rescues. Sim Woods have been reshaped to increase your distance and swing speed, while the Sim irons are made so you no longer have to compromise distance and feel. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new TaylorMade Sim Series golf club. Now at You Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee.
0: It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper.
1: Welcome back to the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountain Land Supply, the official rainbird golf irrigation supplier in the state of Utah. If you want your lawn to look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop where the pros shop at Mountain Land Supply. Go to supply.com. Hey, we had a chance to catch up with a two time winner on the PGA Tour. The old Burley Idaho boy, uh, my old ball boy from my high school basketball days, Troy Merritt. Love catching up with him. He always has some good takes and an interesting perspective from a journeyman golfer, still two-time winner, but really a journeyman over the last ten years on the PGA Tour. About this whole premier golf league and distance debate, here he is, Troy Merritt. Well, when you hear that the comments, obviously there are a few that are in that position that are superstars out on tour that have created themselves a situation like Rory, where he says, I can pick and choose. And and that's a big deal. I imagine y- you probably have some of that, that you enjoy about your job, but there's also, you know, you're, you're not quite to that point where you can just simply pick and choose. My guess is if you qualified for a WGC, you'd play, huh?
6: Yeah, you know, I think uh, the first point I would make is that I can't believe that I wasn't the first phone call as to come and join the Premier golfing. I really can't believe I wasn't on the list. But uh, no, I, you know, I, I think a lot of guys probably uh, would be more in kind of roars' boat. Um, you know, they want that autonomy and, and they want to be able to pick and choose a schedule. And for a lot of guys on the on the on the PGA Tour, especially for the younger guys, you know, you really don't have that opportunity to even do that on the PGA Tour. You just play basically when you're allowed to play or when your number is called and then you try to go play the best you can. The majority of the guys aren't, you know, choosing the, the ideal schedule for themselves. Um, they're not being told when to go and play, but they have to go and play to, to help their career and that's that's the difference between them and, and these uh, guys that are being um, sought out for the, the premier golf league and you know, if, if I was in, you know, one of those positions you know, I, I think I'd be in, in a little bit more rural issues. I'd like to be able to pick and choose my schedule, and, you know, spend time with my family, you know, take some time off when I need it and, and not be told that I have to go play this event. Otherwise, you
8: know,
6: you know I don't I don't know what the, the repercussions would be, whether it'd be a fine, whether it be kicked off, you know, what it is. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to tell somebody telling me that you're not going to get your money if you don't go play in this tournament. Mm,
2: that's interesting. Um you know, I, I think about the PGA Tour and and guys that have an opportunity to play on the PGA Tour like yourself. They have a pretty good. Um, they they you've worked hard all your life to get to where you're at to be able to play the best tour um, in the world. And it's kind of interesting to me that they that somebody will come along and say, okay, you guys will be kind of subservient to her and and we'll be a little bit better. But as a player on the PGA Tour, how good do you have it? to be able to have the opportunity to play in those events and and kind of be pampered a little bit week to week when you play?
6: Yeah, you know, there's obviously pros and cons of, of every profession, and you know, as a professional golfer, we have you know, our fair share to gripe about, which other people would probably think is, um, I don't know, pretty baseless, you know, compared to a lot of other professions in this world. And uh, obviously, it's a, it's a dream job of mine, but I also wouldn't wish it upon anybody um, you know, you're, you're under such a microscope, especially, the, you know, the top 5%, 10% of, of guys on tour that your whole life kind of gets broken down and, and, uh, and looked at. And, you know, whereas guys like myself kind of more as bottom feeders for 10 years, you know, we can kind of skate around the fringes a little bit more and have a little bit more freedom. But, you know, it, it's a grind each year for, for guys like myself, you know, that aren't, uh, you know, winning every year. And, you know, some years we're just trying to keep our card you know, like the situation I'm in right now, you know, sitting in the mid 160s on the FedEx Cup list without my job locked up for next year. I mean, I'd have you know some kind of conditional past champion status, but I could shoot six to nine events a year and, and mostly the opposite field events. So, not exactly the ideal status. So, you know, guys like myself that even though we're on the the PGA Tour, you know, we're still grinding and out just to try to, or try to keep our job year in and year out. And, you know, those uh, those upper echelon guys don't really have to worry about that each year because, like you said, worked hard for it. They've had a lot of big wins, and, and they definitely deserve uh, where they've been. And, uh, you know, I, I tell people, uh, you know, we've got you know local pros up here in Boise, and guys are trying to make it out on, you know, some kind of circuit. And, you know, we'll play around to golf with them, and then you'll know, maybe have a couple buddies ask us, you know, well, oh, what did you think about so-and-so? And they honestly, you know, get a real job it, it, it's, it's a lot less stressful I mean I understand it's your dream but it's also the dream of tens of thousands of people around the world and there's only what 200 pj tour cards 250 maybe pj tour cards a year for everybody in the world I mean that's just uh, that the odds that you get on P G tour aren't, aren't great and it's just a lot of added stress that you don't really need in your life
1: It's an interesting perspective. Troy Merritt joining us here on Real Golf Radio. Generally speaking, though, um, do you feel like the PGA Tour uh, as a? I know you're an independent contractor. You don't necessarily you're not employed by the PGA Tour, but do you feel like a as a member of the tour that that you're pretty well taken care of? And uh, yeah, sure. Like you said, there's there's some things you could complain about this or that, but for the most part, do you feel like it's uh, the guys are, are are happy with the PGA Tour in the sense that they're not necessarily looking to go play somewhere else?
6: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know what any kind of benefits uh, this other tour would have, but uh, you know, we we have a really nice uh, uh, health plan with the PGA Tour. Uh, if you can stay on tour for basically five consecutive years or five out of seven years, basically, you can uh, start collecting on your on your um, uh, pension you and set that aside for later. Um, you know, I, I don't know what that would be like on on the Premier Golf Tour. Although the guys over there probably don't really need to worry about that, but there are a lot of added benefits to playing on the PGA tour. You know, they have a lot of corporate uh, partners and corporate sponsors that, you know, we can take advantage of have a few deals here and there, but, um, you know, like I can say you get to travel all over the, all over the United States and, and meet a lot of great people and see a lot of great places and get to play in a lot of great venues. And, and you get a chance to, you know, win on the PGA tour, call yourself a PGA tour winner, which, you know, a lot of people in this world can't say. So I, I am very happy on the PGA tour, um, yeah, there's things we can grab about from time to time, but uh, overall, I think the um, the attitude on tour is that guys are, they want to be out there and they want to be the best to stay out there.
2: You know, another big topic uh, that's that's going around right now is the the distance debate, um, the distance findings that the USGA came out with, um, and. They're basing that distance debate basically on the elite players, the, the best players in the world, which, which you're on the PGA Tour and one of those guys and in that category. Your thoughts about what things can be done to, to help with the distance or does it need help?
6: Uh, so I'll, I'll have to go with uh, or to start with uh, these weren't my own ideas. It's just stuff that I've heard while being out on the West Coast. Uh, Kevin Sherman brought up a nice point in that uh, in that um, report that they brought out way towards the back. They had a a table on there showing the driving distance changes over you know, basically the last 10, 15, 20 years. And they had it based on the pros and certain handicap ranges. And he said that uh, for the 6 to 12 handicappers on average, 10, 15 years ago, they were driving the ball 243 to 245 yards off the tee. And over the last couple of years the average has gone down to two hundred and thirty nine yards. Now why is that? Maybe they think that they can play the same ball as the P J Tour players and they don't have the same kind of games. They're not getting the advantage out of that golf ball. They're just in the wrong equipment. Uh, that may be the case, who knows? Uh, versus, you know, the P J Tour guys obviously, you know, everybody's breaking it down in exact science from absolutely everything that goes into the you know, club making, the shaft you choose. Uh, loft lies and angles, uh, the ball you're hitting. I mean, so much time and preparation is spent on that. And, yeah, they can utilize absolutely everything uh, in the, in the, that the equipment has to offer. And I thought that was a, a pretty interesting point. And then another one, uh, talking to James Hahn a couple weeks ago, he brought up an interesting uh, um, fact as well, that if you dial back the ball, how does it affect the long hitters that are out there now versus – Let's say your average hitters like myself, well, the longer hitters, you know, let's say they're hitting driver wedges into some of the par fours, and I'm hitting driver nine iron or eight iron, in. I-, I can still compete hitting nine irons and eight irons versus their wedges. I'm going to make my fair share of birdies. I'm not going to make too many mistakes. I'm going to have a chance to uh, compete out there. Let's say you dial the ball back. Those long hitters are still going to be hitting it down there and having nine irons and eight irons and. Whereas now I might be hitting six irons, five irons, four irons. That's a lot harder for me to compete hitting long irons versus low to mid irons. And it's gonna, I'm going to make fewer birdies, I might make a few more mistakes, and it's going to be a lot harder for me to compete out there.
1: All right. That was Troy Merritt who joined us in hour number two of the show. If you missed any part of it, get out to our, uh, Twitter handle at real golf, any of the podcaster sites, uh, carry the show as well. You can listen at your convenience and the show of course brought to you in part by Zion's bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Bob, before we get out of here, weather's been warming up. Great time to get out there and fire up that smoker. And, uh, my wife's been kind of bugging me. I've, I've, you know, she's been bugging you to cook. Well, yeah, because I have battled some sickness over the last couple of weeks. Uh-huh. And so I just haven't felt like being out there and it's been really cold. But now that the weather's starting to warm back up, she's like, hey, let's get going. I, so what are I, you doing? I need, I need to do a brisket. I need to break down and do a brisket. I'm, I don't know why I'm so intimidated by the brisket. <laughs> it's not that hard, right? I mean, that yeah, that's the beauty. It's not that of, hard. Yeah. I, I'll take on tri-tip. I'll take on pulled pork. I'll take on pork chops. I'll take on steaks. I'll take on... You know, you name it, but it's just this whole idea of the brisket. Maybe it's because it's like 75 bucks and I don't want to screw it up.
2: Well, you can't screw it up. If you can do pulled pork, you can do brisket. It's basically basically the same thing. thing.
1: It's just getting it all trimmed up just right. That's that's what I need to do. Well, Well, anyway, it's not that
2: big a deal. You just have to trim off the fat, get it down to about a quarter of an inch. That's it. So I need
1: to stop by and see our guys at barbecue pit stop. Yep. Steve helped me with my Get first a good one. rub. I have some good rubs.
2: Yep. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I need to just it's he, basically BT it's basically 225 until it hits 165, wrap it in paper and and bring it up to 204. And then you're good. Chop it up. There you go. I like chopped. I like the chopped better than the sliced, but
1: there you go. They're both good. So anyway, I think They're I'll do that. Right. If yeah. you want to get in on the smoking uh, world and uh, getting into doing your own meats and stuff, go to barbecue pit stop and become a barbecue pit stop master. They'll help you. They'll give you some recipes. They'll give you some advice. They'll help me get through this brisket as well. They got all your be- favorite pellet smokers as well from uh, Traeger's like what Bob's rocking to the Yoders Like I have, they big green eggs, uh, Komodo Joe's, everything you need Memphis. They got them all there at uh, barbecue pit stop and barbecue All right, Bob, that's going to do it for us. Here we go. Florida Swing. yep uh, arnold palmer next week players championship the following week all good stuff and uh, we'll keep you up to date and give you our insights every saturday morning six to nine right here on real golf radio dave glouser is our producer he's bob casper i'm brian taylor thanks for joining us we'll see you next week right here on real golf radio
0: thanks for listening to brian and bob on real golf radio join us on twitter at real golf or on our website at RealGolfRadio.com. it's been real